0: Now is the time we have got to do something to just show people that we can all get along and we can all love each other if we just be a little more like dogs.
1: I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, I'm at Barcade Dog Bar with Asia James and Sunday Shelton to learn about the Black Dog Lovers Club. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We save each other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love dog words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. The only way we know what topics and guests you like is if you tell us. Then we'll try to deliver more of that. Please download, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share dog words. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and shelter dogs, including some exclusive content. At Rosie Fund, we encourage you to make a difference in a shelter dog's life. You can do just that by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. Use the link in this episode's description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission of helping senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. We are grateful to alternative string duo The Wires for allowing us to share their wonderful music with you on each episode of Dog Words. Like many musicians, they are finding creative ways to reach their audience. Their underground virtual concert series features performances and storytelling from mysterious and historical sites around Kansas City. Purchase a single concert for $15 or buy the series ticket for $60 and receive a digital download of their holiday album. Trust me, that's a tremendous value, and you'll be supporting local musicians. Learn more at the link in this episode's description. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to help give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today, we welcome to Dog Words, Asia James and Sunday Shelton. Welcome to the show.
0: Hello. Thank you.
1: We are going to talk about an exciting club that um, was brought to my attention recently called the black dog lovers club and i'm going to have you tell me what that is but first i assume both of you love dogs yes so if you could tell me a little bit about your background with dogs how you became a dog lover or realized you were a dog lover or realized that I've always been a dog lover. I didn't know there were people who weren't dog lovers. Whatever your story is, we'll start with Sunday.
0: All right. Hi, I am Sunday, and I have always loved dogs since I was a little girl and wanting to, you know, take home every little four-legged friend. And back then, dogs were not as welcome into the home as they are now. Mm -hmm. It was like you had a dog, it was in the backyard on a chain, and it had its little space and that never really said well with me but being a child you don't have the ability to you know do things your way and so when I moved out and got married I'm just like okay we need to buy a house and it's like well why do we need to buy a house because I want a dog and it's like (laughs) you want a house for a dog yes and then when we got the house we actually got the dog before the house Because they just kind of happened at the same time. But it was a Doberman and a Silky Terrier. We got just within about a month of each other. And my spouse at the time was just like, okay, so dog houses and runs or what are we going to do? And I'm like, "Uh, no. We have a house house. House, (laughs) like in the house. He's like, you expect the dogs to live in the house, and I'm like, yeah, unless you want to sleep outside. Yeah, like, that's the whole point of the house. <laughs> that was
1: the whole. Have you not been paying attention?
0: <laughs> and so, those are my first two dogs, Bruce and Security, and I learned a lot from them. I was very new and green to you know raising a dog, and I made a lot of first timey mistakes and. It was a thing, but they lived 15 years and were wonderful dogs, and in that time, I became a professional dog groomer, and I've owned a dog grooming salon for about 10 years, and I just recently switched that business from brick and mortar to mobile, and about three or four years ago, I found K during a really stressful time in my life, and they were just... Really awesome support and
1: encouraging. You, you can't help but de-stress and feel better at Barquet,
0: man. Whether
1: you have a dog or not, I can't emphasize this enough. You don't have to have a dog to come to Barquet. It's even that. better with a dog, but yes. it's still pretty good without a dog. Yeah,
0: because there are people who are in college and their dog is at home, and they miss their dog, mm-hmm. or they are here from work, or whatever the reason. You know, you don't have to have a dog to come here and enjoy people's dogs like mine who cannot be petted enough. It's like, mm-hmm. please come and pet my dog because my hand is getting tired. <laughs>
1: now, you go to a random dog park and someone may or may not be willing to let you play with their dog. Yeah. That's not the vibe at Barquet. You wouldn't be coming here if you weren't willing to share your dog. Right. Very, true. Very that's, true. That's the kind of space it is. And recently on the show we had Mark Cushing, the author of Pet Nation, talking exactly about what you were describing as your experience that as a kid no matter how much you loved your dog it's outside it's in a dog mm-hmm. house or it's on a tether and now aside from apparently this man People who doesn't are, understand yeah. dogs
0: <laughs> well that was still 15 we, years ago 15 so. <laughs> okay so he it
1: was right on the cusp of this the transformation mm-hmm. that uh, yeah, it's perfectly natural. Your dog lives in the house. You plan your trips around where can my dog go, Hello. and we're going to go out to eat. We're going to go to Bar because we I can take was our dog.
0: earlier today looking up Airbnbs, and if it was no dogs allowed, I was like, nope to that one, nope to that one, and I'm in the market for a purple bed for my dog. It just, I mean, don't judge me. <laughs>
1: Well, no, no one who listens to this show, I think, will judge you. I think they completely understand that they would be surprised by anyone who doesn't see things the way you do. He yes. Asia, what's yes. your dog background?
2: We've always had dogs in my family, so our dogs growing up did still stay in the house. Like, my parents love dogs. My dad needed Irish wolfhounds at all times, Ooh. so we had a couple of those. Those are a
1: pretty good-sized dog to they be sharing are. the house with.
2: Yes. Well, um... This isn't my life, it's his life, but funny story, he actually got one while he was in law school, and I believe they lived in a studio apartment.
1: I was going to say, law school, it's not like you have a big sprawling estate.
2: (laughs) And I think it um, ate their entire couch, but it is a pretty big dog with a lot of energy, so they learned from that. But I had two Irish wolfhounds as I was growing up, and they, you know lived in the house, ran the house, and then I don't know why, but I just decided we needed smaller and smaller and smaller dogs, so we got like a lab, and we just got a schnauzer, we worked our way down to a dorky, which is a dachshund yorkie mix, which my parents still have, and my dad will not claim that that is his dog, (laughs) but they still have that, and then I moved out, went to college, and while I was in college, I got another dog, and she's, like, a 60-pound lab mix from a shelter. And then just right before COVID hit, we got another dog who is about the same, 60 pounds. But they are allowed to do everything. Like, I don't judge people that don't allow their dogs on their couch or their bed. But ours, literally, like, my boyfriend will be like, oh, they're comfortable in bed. I'll go sleep on the couch. So, they, like,
1: they're yeah, in charge. You don't want to disturb them. Yeah. I've been late for appointments before because i'm sitting on the the reading chair in our front room going through my morning routine checking emails and stuff and peaches curls up on my leg well now i can't get you up I can't move yeah i'm trapped That's here crazy. until she has to go outside <laughs> or just I, wants to move yeah. to a different
2: bed. Absolutely. You cannot move. So yeah, it's all about the dogs and yeah. their comfort. I have and to call
1: someone. I'll, I'm running late.
2: <laughs> Very important I'll, reason. I'll, I'll
1: check back in when I can move. I, I can't give you an ETA right now because I'm still trapped.
0: <laughs> well, you're so lovers of
1: dogs. Yes. And you were then part of a group of people or maybe not a group of people. Tell me how this came about. Yeah. Black Dog Lovers Club. Yes. What is it? How did it come about?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, you heard as they about look it at each other
0: <laughs> Labe is awesome and amazing and anybody who doesn't know should know that he's just super awesome and bar k's initiative to coexist is you know very strong for him and for long as I've known him, he's been wanting to just make sure that this was a place not just for all dogs. It doesn't matter the breed, the size, the sex, if it's been de-sexed or not, Mm -hmm. all dogs are welcome. And he wanted to make sure that people felt the same way too. Mm -hmm. And he has just been trying to encourage and just like bring people in to do that. Yeah,
1: there's no sense of status or social strata when you come to Bar K. No. As you're interacting with other people and dogs, whatever the event, it doesn't feel like some places you go this restaurant or this bar is for people this. who live in this part of town or work in this industry yep. or have this income. There's none the of that. The
0: common denominator is our four <laughs> sometime three-legged friends. Just Mm -hmm. dependent. (laughs) Oh goodness. So yeah, he was just always trying to like encourage and find ways to make this a place for all people. And that's where the idea sparked and when was this just a couple months ago yeah the
1: with the world, time distortion of covid it could have know, been last week when, or three years ago exactly right.
0: <laughs> i Where have the world no just kind of like turned upside down mm-hmm. on its head and a lot of the social injustices that are finally being seen by more of the majority because they're not at work and you know hyper focused on whatever else they don't got nothing else to do but sit down and see that the comfortable life that some live is not the life that everybody is living mm-hmm. and Labe is like pushing really hard like now is the time. We have got to do something to just show people that we can all get along and we can all love each other if we just be a little more like dogs.
1: Barquet is special. I'm trying to think of the right way to word this. There's nothing unique about Barquet. There's no special sauce about Barquet that can't be everywhere. It's not on in some magic land. Right.
2: Right. It's just that people come here ready to be welcoming to other people. Mm-hmm. They're like you said, you don't come here unless you want to share your dog mm-hmm. with other people. But if you look at normal everyday situations like coming to Barquet, you're open, you know, you smile at people, you're here to be happy and have fun. You go to the grocery store, say, and you don't like talk to people smile i mean mm-hmm. i smile at people but i i know a lot mm-hmm. of other people don't smile yeah. you know and you have to smile online. with your eyes yes since there's masks yes but yeah it's just a different environment and i think that it really is just the dogs that it that is. break down that that wall and that barrier between people but so that's true. what we need cuz you know it's hard to explain to people the need for social justice except for if they can see other people, in the same way they see themselves, mm-hmm. they can see, well, I wouldn't want that to happen to me or my family. But now they can say, well, I wouldn't want that to happen to...
0: To Jack Jack's to, mom. Yes, yeah. to Jack Jack's mom. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> just, you know, they, they see people that are more alike to them than they would have assumed that they were, mm-hmm. and the, the dogs are that common ground.
1: The dogs are like a, uh, a gateway. Once you cross through that, it opens up this whole world of... Wow, this person has this one quality. Let's see what else we can connect on. Right. And hmm, there's a lot of stuff that's different, yet they're still a good person.
0: It is really yes. funny that you say that because when I came to Barcade there was an interaction that I had once and the first time meeting this individual Just the three little minute conversation, I had prejudged and made a decision in my mind that, nope, not somebody that I want to get to know better or hang out with or be friends with. And then weeks go by and I'm back at the bar and then my dog is falling in love with this other dog (laughs) and I see how well they're getting along the lady that I didn't have like the best interaction with the time before is this dog's mom. And so that drew us into a conversation that was different than the first one that we had had. And then every time we show up at the bar, when our dogs see each other, they go for each other. And then it, left us no choice but to continue our conversation and then find out that we have lots of things in common and that we like the same type of jokes Mm -hmm. and that we kind of have all these similarities and now we've exchanged phone Mm -hmm. numbers and are planning on going, you know, places together and doing things that if the dogs weren't there Mm -hmm. to draw us together, we could have judged each Mm -hmm. other off of a three-minute conversation and then lost an opportunity for a Mm -hmm. wonderful friendship.
1: And... The differences between you and this person are not deal breakers. Those are both opportunities to learn more about yes. their world, them t- about yours, and you both grow instead of there's this one thing different, so we have to close the
0: door over. Close that. the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: The opposite has happened. There's this one thing the same. We both love dogs, mm-hmm. and we build on that instead of tear down based on the one difference. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Barkay's great. <laughs> <laughs> so Bar K was
1: an environment that lent itself to the creation of Black Dog Lovers Club. Yes. What is it?
2: It is what it sounds like, for the most part. It is a club for black people that love dogs and it's to foster more of a community amongst us. I will say it's not just for black people. It's for anyone who wants to be involved and to learn and to be a part of that community. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of opportunity for education and networking, but pet education as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and resource education yes. and where you can find all of these things. So that is what the club is for. And we're doing lots of fun events just to bring people together Because it's hard to come somewhere if you don't see somebody that looks like you, Mm -hmm. which it doesn't seem like it would be that hard, but like it can be for a lot of people. They automatically kind of shut down and feel a little
1: alone. Well, we've been conditioned, we, some people, have been conditioned that exactly what Sunday was describing, this first interaction, I have to size this up to see what our relationship is going forward, because you have a limited amount of relational resources mm-hmm. that I can't give this person an infinite amount of time. I have to choose who I'm going to spend time with, who are my friends, who am I going to go on trips with, who am I going to go out to eat with, who am I going to invite over to my house to watch a ball game or play games. Yeah, And it's challenging to take the risk of, I don't really know this person, there's nothing that's sort of leaping out at me that, boy, we would have a future together as best of friends. And they have this shirt that I would never wear. <laughs> <laughs> or they yes. drive this car that people who drive that kind of car really don't fit with people who drive the kind of car I drive. And you look for these reasons to
0: Eliminate. lead them out of the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And...
1: So here's my pool of potential friends, and you miss out on, on opportunities yeah, for right. networking and right. personal growth yeah. and just a good time at Barquet.
2: Right. Or anywhere else. Right. And good just routine. like just how dogs are stereotyped and prejudged. Mm-hmm. We we are We human, have to ban this so, breed. Yeah. And we, we're human, so we do that to everything, right? We do that mm-hmm. to dogs, we do that to people based off of random things like what kind of car you drive Mm -hmm. up to big things like skin color. So bringing in more people that look like us to Barkay is not only helpful for people that do look like us, but it's helpful for everybody because you start to see more black people around and like we were talking about, it breaks down those barriers of it's not that different. So then you see five black people here. They don't stand out as much because you come mm-hmm. here all the time. And it's like, well, there's black five people. black people
1: here. I need to go to the other side of the dog park right. where it's people who look like me. Exactly. Because this is the part of the yeah. dog park where the black people are. Here's right. the part of the dog park for the older people. Yeah. Here's the part of the dog <laughs> Right. It's
2: right. like, that's not
1: the point of the K no. and hopefully any dog park. Right. Not yeah. at
2: all. Or that any park. Forget do. dog. Right. Any, any park. Anywhere at all. Yeah. yeah. But we that's what we want to do. We want to encourage everybody to... Come to the events, get comfortable with the park, meet people that they might be able to create relationships with and come back to the park or do anything. Go other places, just meet people, build relationships, and come back to the Barquet, hopefully, and mm-hmm. hang out with your dogs as well. So, Yeah.
1: I thought it was odd Absolutely. years ago when I graduated from the University of Nebraska and I get my invitation to join the alumni club for the University of Nebraska. And they frequently put this in alumni mailers. Remember, you don't have to be a graduate or even have ever attended the University of Nebraska to be a member of the Alumni Club. Which I thought, well that's that makes no sense. But in a state like Nebraska where it's so rural and you have many people who don't attend the university, Mm -hmm. would miss out on the networking opportunities, the growth opportunities of the interactions that come with belonging to the alumni club. So that's the university's opportunity to reach out and say, hey, you people who went to the University of Nebraska and you people who didn't, you all love the University of Nebraska. You live in Nebraska, yeah. you're probably Corn Husker fans. Get together, yeah, join it the is. club and don't let it be a separator, let it be a uniter. Right. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm thrilled that your approach to this is this was started by black dog lovers mm-hmm. as something for everyone.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And
2: there is a, a very deep history with dogs and black people, that we have another person that's been helping with the club as well. Her name's Kiana Sinks, and she's so knowledgeable. But that's one of the things she's super knowledgeable about is the history of black people and dogs. And obviously, there was a point in time where dogs were used to chase black people instead of as pets. So Mm -hmm. there's been years and years where it's more of a fear than and
1: what is that generation going to teach their children uh-huh. other than, this is a red flag. Right. If you see a dog, especially a breed of dog, that would be used to attack people. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, German and, Shepherds yeah. or And that, Dobermans. that leads
2: into an issue that is common now as well, that is, more black people are wanting to get dogs. but take me for example if i went to college and decided to get a dog but my family my parents had never owned a dog and they were like stay away from dogs we don't like them all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff i would have had no idea like where do i find a vet what do i feed it what do i do do i the have importance to walk of
1: socializing it, it right so. i would
2: have no clue what i was doing so bringing the resources and the knowledge to black people that are wanting to have dogs now, but they don't know where to start and they don't know the resources and they don't know how much things cost, right? So you could ask some person and they would say, it costs, oh my God, it costs so much to have a dog. Oh, ask man. someone else mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, it doesn't cost anything to this have a dog. P- this so- purple, babe, bro, <laughs> yeah. Those are expensive. So, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know. I mean, it's just really hard unless you have a community of dog lovers or a family of dog lovers you're not going to know where to go so even people that don't have a dog but they're like i've really wanted a dog i just don't know what to do yeah Yeah. and it can be scary if i didn't have if i just like decided to go get a pet horse and i had no idea what to do with it i would be so confused right but if i had five friends that had horses i'd be like i can get a horse.
0: such a good point i was um listening to another podcast earlier today yeah, the title of the show is so funny, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> anyway, they were interviewing a person, and they ended up talking about how stereotypes and bias and things um, are learned through the social media that we, I shouldn't even say social, but through the media that we consume. And that's why you have to be so careful about, like, what you lend your screen time to. Because if you grew up, you know, When you're a child, you are just at the whim of the adults that are raising you. And what they say is the truth because, you know, who are you and what information Mm -hmm. do you have? That's what an
1: adult is, is someone who knows everything.
0: Right. Well, you assume (laughs) until you start educating yourself and finding out different. But, like, the example that they used was... Um, some tv show about bikers and in the show it was a totally fictional show made up but the bikers were criminals and they did all these you know violent things and they would you know do all the things that they associate bikers with right and so this guy and his wife have binge watched this show for like six months and so then they loved the show and it was great the show is over They're driving down the street one day and they see what looks like a motorcycle gang ride by. Mm -hmm. And the husband just automatically thinks they're about to go commit a crime. And Mm -hmm. then he catches himself and he's like... Why did I just think that? (laughs) And it's because of the last six months we've been watching the show. show. Right. That people who look like this do a thing. Mm -hmm. And that is not always true. And so we have to think about like all of the imagery that we see on television and ninety percent of the time the stuff on T V is not reality. Mm -hmm. And but that even reality today yeah. is not reality. It's, hello, it's <laughs> all yes, skewed. Your yes. perception, everybody's individual perception, is their reality, and so it's really hard to break down those stereotypes. Even when I tell you, you know, look, here is the evidence. Yeah. You know, this is the truth. These are yeah. facts. But yeah. if I, I know been- those
1: bikers, they were going to a children's hospital.: Hello
0: no. <laughs> Yes exactly They were going to
1: spend the afternoon volunteering.
0: Yes, that is a very good example because that is what a lot of motorcycle car clubs and things mm-hmm. do. They get together and they do community service work. they just like to ride a certain type mm-hmm. of car or bike or whatever and like your pit bull that old girl even mm-hmm. though she has Yeah, people dog didn't want to adopt Rosie is because she it comes from a line of dog who is mm-hmm. bred to fight dogs. Mm-hmm. But you take her into a nursing home mm-hmm. because she is bred to love people then and it's just hard to balance all of those things. It's crazy.
1: Well, there's just so much. I'm just going to throw out all of this stuff that you've made me think of, most of it related to previous podcasts. For instance, Quentin Scarborough, who's the creator of the app Paw Connects, there'll be a link for that in the description, P-A-W-C-O-N-X, connects people by your phone pinging someone else's phone when you're in proximity. Mm. And... You get the app if you are a dog owner or dog lover, and then you can accept that person as your dog connection, your dog friend, for just the reason that Asia was describing. Now here's someone I can talk to about, my dog's been acting funny. She does, oh, my dog does that, or my friend did that, and here's what we did, or my dog won't eat this thing. It's like, well, try this instead, or do you know a good groomer? Do you know a good dog walker? Mm-hmm. And you have those social connections, and that could grow into to more than that. But also, we had an interview, I'll link to all of this, on the socioeconomic underpinnings of breed-specific legislation, mm. which was not about dogs. It was a backdoor to discriminate against people mm-hmm. that you associated with particular kinds of dogs. Yes. And... Hooray for everyone who objects to the breed-specific legislation, but don't stop there. Right. Recognize what it really is and object to what that, whether it's legislation or an apartment buildings or homeowner associations Mm -hmm. rules. Yes. Recognize it's not about the dogs. Object to the socioeconomic implications of what people are doing with those rules. Yes. That's, that's a really good point. Bad so ideas. check out yeah. this podcast. Very much so. And we're learning this because we're all dog lovers. We've connected about dogs, and so we're all learning something about dogs and history and culture. For our listeners who want to know more about the Black Dog Lovers Club, we'd love to come to an event. What do they need to do? To
0: find us is yes. at two places. You can come to bar K. Just hang and out at bar K yes. eventually. <laughs> yes, yeah, so and you're going to run into us. But on social media, at Facebook, it's the Black Dog Lovers Club of Kansas City. And you just have to answer a couple of questions because we try to make sure that it's a safe space mm-hmm. for anyone who wants to join. So that is really important that you don't necessarily have to have a dog to join but you do have to be willing to respect the people who are inside of our community and we've got wonderful events that are coming up a lot of them right now are being hosted you know at bar K, but in the future we're open to ideas and suggestions and to come and go wherever people are that want the information that we have
1: so if you love dogs but live somewhere that like an apartment that doesn't allow dogs or you're waiting until you close on the house or for whatever reason or you don't think your kid's quite responsible enough and (laughs) wait for them to get a little older, here's an opportunity to come and be with dogs and be in a safe environment and just have a good time. So don't limit yourself if you are not a dog owner. I'll put a link in the description for this episode to that Facebook page. Yes. Yes.
2: And we have an event coming up in November. It will be a job fair, so lots of pet Focused businesses as well as non-pet-focused businesses. So anybody that's looking for a job, you don't have to be black. But, of course, we want to get black candidates in front of these companies. So you'll add the link to that, I'm sure. There will be a link,
1: and and all the information I can put about that will be in the description for this episode. Yes. Any other websites I should tell people about? Do you have a business that uh, would like a little publicity?
2: Sunday, yes. (laughs) Someone
0: with mobile dog
1: grooming, I would imagine... (laughs) There's some yes. way for people to contact you.
0: I am Sundays curbside suds and cuts, and I'll send you the link because I'm pretty sure that's the name of the website. But <laughs> <laughs> she's
2: very busy. Yeah. She's got like a fully booked schedule, so she doesn't not know the website because she's not good at it. She's just too busy
0: to yeah, remember. Because the Because she's website. not a
1: web developer, yes. she's a groomer. She's doing <laughs> oh, she's right. doing yes. what she wanted to yeah. do. I'm
0: doing the thing. So.
1: Listeners, you don't have to figure out the website or memorize <laughs> that. Just look at the description for this episode and click on the link. Yes. yes. Anything yes. you want to tell us about Asia? Yes.
2: Um, I am. I don't own a pet company but I am a personal trainer. I co-own a fitness company here in Kansas City and we train for local apartment complexes, offices. We do a lot of virtual training for companies that are looking for health and wellness resources for their employees. We train at hotels. So we are partnered with over fifty different complexes and businesses and that is called Flexi. And um yeah so I do all the, the You'll have better and employees
1: stuff. and you'll be a better Dog, under, there's no yes. there's no downside to getting yeah. fit.
2: If you need to run with your dog, which I don't like running, but if you want to, you can always come work out with us. And yeah, that's what I do. And in my spare time, I just play with my dogs.
1: Amen. <laughs> at Barkay.
2: At Barkay most of Mostly the time. Mostly at yes. Barkay.
1: Thank you so much for telling the story of your life with dogs and the Black Dog Lovers Club. Hopefully this will get a little more publicity for that and for your businesses. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having
1: us. It was a blast. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Asia James and Sunday Shelton from the Black Dog Lovers Club. Links for the club's Facebook pages, as well as Asia's and Sunday's businesses, are in the episode description. Next time on DogWords, Liz Whitaker tells us about Politics and how their software is helping shelters and rescue groups around the world. Thank you to alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of DogWords. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Use the link in the episode description to see their underground virtual concert series schedule. Purchase a single concert or buy the series ticket and receive a digital download of their holiday album. Make a difference in a shelter dog's life by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. The link is in the episode description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission to help senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. Rate and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships. Then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions, including letting us know what topics and guests you like, at rosyfund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the Dog Words Podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other.